Let me just eliminate all of the white noise for They're you. They're counting on you not understanding what this is all about. They want to create conflict. They want to create this chaos. They want you to be stupid. This is the Conservative Daily Podcast with Joe Waltman. Yeah, I'm a threat because I'm telling you what the Constitution says. And Max McGuire. The flak is the heaviest when the bomber is right above the target about to open the bomb bay doors. And now the Conservative Daily Podcast is on the air. Good morning and welcome to another edition of the Conservative Daily Podcast. My name is Max McGuire. And my name is Joe Oltman. We're going to have a guest joining us shortly. Ian Smith, um, one of the owners of Attilus Gym in New Jersey. He made uh, worldwide news, nationwide news when he resisted the COVID lockdowns, um, took the township to court. I know many of those court cases are still ongoing, but he is running for Congress now, um, which makes complete sense. So we're going to have him on shortly to talk about what he's gone through, how he has resisted, and his plans for running for Congress. So make sure you tune in for that. Hit that rumble button. Hit that share button. This is going to be an interview that you definitely do not want to miss. And it comes, Joe, at a, at a really important time because I don't know if you saw this. In Canada, they held a vote in their parliament on whether or not to ratify Justin Trudeau's emergency um, declaration. And if we put up my screen, they they held the vote and it passed. So they approved. Oh my gosh! They approved of it. I think it was wow. like something like 180 something to 150 something. I get the exact 185 to 151. So it shows that not just in the United States and Canada as well. Um, if we want to take this country back, we need to send the right people to Washington. Well, just you like can't. The Canadians, I mean, I don't know if you saw the picture. If you saw the picture of uh, Justin Trudeau hanging, holding up the the Dominion voting system tabulator, right? Or not tabulator, but tablet. Guess who was behind him? Anybody want to oh. guess who was behind him? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It was. It was. Uh, I, I mentioned this yesterday. Yeah, Soros's son, standing right behind Justin Trudeau. I mean, we're we're in big trouble because we 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 don't have leaders that stand up for the American people. We don't have leaders that care about who we are as people. They don't care. So we're we're not likely to get a good we're not we're not likely to get a good result because frankly, the people that are in office have been placed there. They've been put there. They've been they've been selected, not elected. And so here we are. <clears throat> Which is why I'm excited to talk to Ian Smith shortly. He's just getting all set up. Because he has not been selected by the establishment. <laughs> Democrats no. don't want him. Republican establishment does not want him. But the people desperately need people like him um, who are willing to fight the fight. <laughs> right? Not, not just empty rhetoric. Actually, boots on the ground fighting, uh, pushing back against this tyranny. And we need it because in Congress, it's, it's not a whole lot different. We say that we're five or six votes away from taking the House of Representatives. That is only true if we replace those Democrats with actual conservatives. And as it stands, you still have the Crenshaws of the world, the establishment Republicans of the world, who are still going to vote with Democrats no matter what. So actually, we need to take back even more than just five or six seats, which is why we are contesting and going after 47 plus Democrat seats. I think we can take more, but those are the lowest hanging fruit. Look, if we, don't, if, we don't take, if we don't take all of those seats... If we don't take all of those seats, then we know that the election was stolen. And, and, and we, talked, we talked a little bit about yesterday, and I know that uh, Ian's going to come on. We're going to talk about something completely different. 
but uh, we might not. I'm going to ask him what he thinks of the election fraud, the election being stolen. But um, when we talk about proof, Max, I, I put together this kind of calendar of all this proof and, and dropped it into different categories. So you have uh, behavioral deviations, you have um, deviations of technology, you have deviations of law. And so I put them in, in these different buckets of all the stuff that we know is absolutely true. And so you can look at it from a high level and go, all right, so based on all of this, 100%, we know that the machines are, are fraudulent. These are the things that you would have to do. If you, if you were looking at it from a system standpoint, you would have to do these things in the machines in order to steal the election. And then, and, and by the way, the deviations of math and science, which I didn't talk about yet, but if you look at the deviations of math and science specifically, we now know what the algorithms are. And it's actually, not, you don't have to be that brilliant in order to create it. You just have to have multiple systems able to communicate with each other and work in, in uh, and collude. Yeah. Run back and, and uh, Dominion voting systems as one. And there's others. And there's others. So we put together this entire deal, but it's all factual and it's all proof. It's all proof of the, the fraud that exists in the United States. So we put together this pamphlet and at FEC United, we're going to be walking around door to door, handing it out. We're going to be handing out the collateral saying, okay, check out all this stuff. This is all the election fraud. This is the yeah. proof. You want to see proof? This is proof. And by the way, none of this is, can, can be disputed. But I think Ian's with us now. Is he with us? He is. Right. <clears throat> so why don't we bring him on? Let's go ahead and bring him on. Ian. Morning. Hey, good morning. I, I see you have morning, all your guys. supplements above you. Make sure you get you get that in every day before you get out. <laughs> yeah, I'm in the uh, I'm in the storage closet because our, our facility is is packed to the gills and my office is far too loud. So I'm I'm in here in the uh, in the closet with all the supplements right now. Hey, not a bad place. When I was to looking be, at the supplements, <laughs> when I was looking at the supplements, <laughs> I almost thought for a second that those were. That that was like beard oil or something because you have a fantastic beard. <laughs> well, let, let's just Thank get you. it out there. Do, do you use any product on that beard? Of, of course I do. It's a it's a very thin line between handsome and homeless. And if you don't have a a good barber <laughs> and b some good product, uh, people will start just kind of handing you change and stuff like that. <laughs> Which is not a bad thing if they start handing you change, especially if they're large bills. Yeah, I got a, I got yeah. a lot of legal bills. I I'm I'm not too uh, too proud to to not accept some quarters. Absolutely. <laughs> and you're so, also accepting donations now because you are running for Congress against Andy Kim, in New Jersey. Um, I am a former sure. New Jersey resident. I voted with my legs and I got the hell out of there. But I have Good nothing move. but respect for anyone. Yeah, I have nothing but respect for anyone who is willing to stand and fight because. The more I've had to move around, the more I've realized that you can't really vote with your legs. Eventually, you have to take a stand. You have to take a stand somewhere. That's... And I live in Texas now, and I'm here taking a stand. I thought I was golden. Yeah, no, that's um, you know that's that's very true. And uh, I think I think people are starting to realize that at first it was like, oh, I'll just go move somewhere else. But what we're realizing is even in places like Texas and in Florida, you know, they're just. Um, we're just a little further down the line in places like New Jersey and New York and California, you know, the, the infiltration of, um, of free places has already begun in places like Texas. You know, it's just not, hasn't manifested its ugly head in the way that it has in these liberal strongholds, but you know, it's, there's a place for everybody to fight. Even when you're, when you're in, you know, a state that is much more free. 
Well, I think that one of the hurt things I heard is that you're getting a lot more support from the Democrats there as well, that it's not a Democrat versus Republican thing, that people in New Jersey specifically are seeing this as an American versus a communist thing. Like they're, they're actually saying that over here is freedom, so Ian stands for freedom, and over here is the other party that stands for oppression and higher taxes and not listening to the people in your community. Is that what you're hearing when you're out talking about this? Yeah, and you know the the entire concept of the race is not a Democrat versus Republican, left versus right paradigm. Um, I don't consider myself your typical conservative or typ- typical you know um, right leaning voter, um, and I, I think that most people probably are somewhere much closer to the middle than the picture that's actually painted of America. Right. However, what this is is this is the common man versus the establishment. This is freedom versus tyranny. Uh, this is right versus wrong. This is, you know, the uh, the lower and middle classes of society pushing back against the power structure um, that has grown incredibly strong over the past couple of years and has been rapidly accelerating under the Joe Biden administration. People are just tired of big government. And that's that's the simplest way I can put it. People are tired of career politicians. They're tired of politics as usual. Um, you know, whether it's this person or that person, you know, who gets elected here. Um, we're we're getting the same results because we're letting establishment picks uh, be our only choices. You know, we're people haven't been paying attention in the primaries up until now because it's it's just boring. Um, And then they go to the the ballot box and they vote for, you know, the guy on their team or the girl on their team. Um, But it's not much different than if they would have picked the other person. And I think people are now starting to realize that politics is an important part of our life and we we can't just pay attention to it like ramping up in the the last month before election season that we really have to vet these candidates that we really have to empower the um the average person who doesn't necessarily have an interest in long-term career politics who really just wants to bring this idea back that politics is a service to the community no different than if you were to serve your community with another uh public job you know so that's the idea behind this is that we are launching a grassroots campaign. Um, we're going to be funding only from, you know, small individual donors. We're not taking any big money. We don't need any big money and we're going to go against the establishment. Um, and they've already started to sort of get nervous. They, uh, they already started fundraising on the left and, uh, and our GOP establishment here in the middle. As soon as I announced, um, as soon as I announced my run, they, they both kind of came at me from both sides, which is funny because they weren't saying anything about each other up until I got involved, you know, so it's, we're on the right track. And that's, that's just really what it's about. It's about, um, you know, common sense politics and restoring the idea that politics is a political service. And if you want to get rich and wealthy and powerful, you can do that when you're done. Okay. So what's your platform? I mean, let me just kind of walk through it if I can, right? What what are the things that what what are the things that you're telling people you will do for them, that you will fight for, for them? Will you eliminate lobbyist groups? Will you... Speaking, speaking broadly, the, the platform is going to be approached through the lens of America first policy. So any type of legislation that, that comes in front of us needs to start being viewed as how does this impact the taxpayer? How does it benefit the taxpayer? What is the taxpayer going to have to pay for this service? And is this something that puts American citizens first? We see so much legislation just being rammed down our throats, especially over the past two years with these stimulus bills where millions and billions of dollars are just just being funneled offshores to these projects that American, you know, no American really gives a shit 
about gender studies in Pakistan. Yet for some reason, hundreds of millions of dollars go over there. You know, so um, looking at all policy needs to be um, framed through the lens of America first. But you know, top priorities. Uh, I think number one is is on everybody's plate is the economy and inflation. You know, the average American cannot sustain um, a normal life with this rate of inflation that we're seeing. And that just comes from bad spending. It comes from inflated bills. It comes from this idea that uh, politicians just think that they have the, the keys to the palace and just can print whatever they want. Um, so that's that's highest priority is to rein in government spending. The second thing um, would be to start getting these lobbyists and these special interest groups out of Washington, D.C., because we're never going to have a government of the people, by the people, for the people, if you have powerful interests dictating what these career politicians are going to do. And that's that's part of a policy problem, and it's part of a cultural problem, because these people keep getting elected, um, and they've shown their allegiance is not to the people, but it is to special interests. So, so that you, seems common sense. That that seems like yeah, stereotypical Republican talking points. I mean, what of the Republicans, what's the, what's the geo, how's the GOP been responding? Because we know how the Democrats have responded. They're redistricting your district and cutting out all Very of Ocean so. County, which Ocean County, I used to work in Ocean County at Point Pleasant um, in summers. That's where all the Republicans were, right? You get into Burlington, that's yeah. where you get a lot more Democrats. And it was a very competitive district, right? You had, yeah, sure, it's represented by a Democrat, but Trump won it two, two elections in a row. They're literally getting rid of all of Yeah. They're getting rid of all of Ocean County and they're putting in stuff from Mercer, um, just trying to add Democrats into into this new district. So we know how Democrats are responding. They're literally trying to make this as as (laughs) as uncompetitive as they can. How have the Republicans been responding to your candidacy? Well, the Republican voters are very excited. The the average Republican citizen of New Jersey um, we have a ton of support. It's, I mean, it's amazing. We had uh, just a, a quick announcement about the, um, you know, the formal, the formal announcement, and we had a packed house. And and we've gotten uh, our first week. I, I think we raised fifty thousand dollars just from small donors. Um, so that's that's an incredible amount of support. Now the GOP, on the other hand, you know, the GOP is being uh, the GOP, in, especially in New Jersey. Um, you know, it's. I'm not really too worried about the GOP. You know, we, we announced that we're going to run off the line uh, because I'm, I'm not interested in competing in a conventional uh, county party system where, you know, I have to go in front of the board and I have to make sure that I'm donating to the right places and shaking hands with the right people. Because honestly, the GOP in New Jersey hasn't done anything for the average Republican. You know, we've we've just been losing ground here in New Jersey year after year after year after year. Um, the GOP did nothing when it came to Governor Murphy's uh, unparalleled use um, and unchecked use of his powers um, uh, that weren't even his, that he was gaming the system with these, um, excuse me, with these emergency powers where instead of sending it to the legislature where it was supposed to go, he would just write a new executive order every 30 days. And they did nothing. So I'm not really too worried about whether they like me or not. Um, we have the support, we have the votes uh, to, to get our way through the primary and, you know, then they're going to have to cooperate. And that's really the mission going forward is, um, you know, we, we're in an unusual circumstance where we have the ability to run off the line um, and fundraise and not need 
the GOP establishment behind us. Yeah. Um, and that's that's part of the problem why you don't get really good candidates because most of these guys are handpicked, you know, from the GOP or from the DNC. They're but weak. Because we have this. Yeah, let's yeah, call them what they, they are. They're yeah, weak. They're, well, they're. They're weak. They're going to they're going to toe the party line um, and they're not going to get the nod and they're not going to get the funding unless they 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 show that they are. And that's what Bob Healy, uh, who is my opponent in the primary, you know, he's a he's a good old Republican. He's going to um, you know, he's going to be weak on on protecting 2A. You know, he's going to say that, uh, you know, he's for the economy and he's for this. But, he's you know, he's going to wind up doing everything, everything that a rhino does. And when push comes to shove and those important bills come down, you know, he's going to be absent. Uh, like we just recently saw, you know, with the uh, the four GOP uh, congressmen who didn't show up for a very important vote to end Joe Biden's powers. So, you know, we're not we're not worried about it. They obviously they're uncomfortable. They they came out attacking us already. Um, but it's it's funny when you're running as an average citizen and not as a, a, a career politician, um, you get to play the game with uh, some different rules. You know, you don't have to backpedal and apologize and be this polished polished politician who's worried about re-election even before they get into office. You know, I'm not worried about what these people think of me in the next election. I'm worried about this one. I'm worried about showing people that, hey, we can have good candidates, but we need to support them early in the primary. We need to get them the money. We need to get them the votes and we need to get them into office. So, yeah. so, so let me, you know, let me ask you a, qu- a couple questions, actually. Number one, sure. your business is exploding. Are they at least leaving you alone now? Are they leaving you alone, or are they still, you know, coming down on you, showing up every day, trying to be the same oppressive regime that that you ex- experienced when the pandemic started? Uh, they're still bothering us, but it's in the court system now. You know, um, they're, they they took their beatings publicly, and they, they realized that there was absolutely nothing that they could do, no matter how much they fined us or locked our doors or tried to mess with our know our our power or took our business license they realized that frank and i were not going to close under any circumstances so once they took enough losses in public then they just kind of let the courts take over and that's where they hit us with the fines and they they won't give us our business license back and that uh they hit us with uh operating without a business license so they send us tickets in the mail and stuff so very cowardly action um but we're used to it and we just kind of we keep on trucking we're we're going through the court system we're in three courts now, we finally resolved our criminal case. Uh, we wound up with one year probation for the heinous crime of taking the doors off of our hinges to inhibit them from locking them. Just wasn't worth fighting. Um, they were. Yeah, hold, they were hold on, hold on a second. This is one year yeah, probation. Yeah. Is is a is a condition of probation that you are not allowed to take the doors off the hinges again? Or I mean, what's what's a condition of probation here? I'm, <laughs> the I'm condition trying to figure that it out. we heard of probation. <laughs> The conditions of probation is that we have to follow all laws, rules, and ordinances, which is, you know, obviously that's a setup and we're going to, you know, that's a minefield that we have to traverse our way through. But um, that wasn't worth fighting in criminal court because the question in front of the court was, did we violate a court order? Not was the court order valid and constitutional? It was, did we violate it? And the answer to that question was yes. So it was easier to spend 30, 40, $50,000 in a trial and wind up getting smoked on the back end of it, or just plead guilty, go ahead, you know, give us probation so that we can focus our, our, you know, our time and our energy and our, our financial resources on the, um, the court issues that matter. And we're finally in front of municipal court. And that's, that's the big win that we're looking for. That's where all of this was sort of started from the executive orders and everything. Um, and we have a real shot and we, we're going to be in every single constitutional argument forward. We have about six major arguments that we'll be 
bringing to that court. It's taken two years to get there because coronavirus just kept it kicking down the road. Um, you know, we're all familiar with that kind of nonsense. But uh, overall, we're doing well in court and uh, the gym's full. You know, we have 700 happy, healthy people come through our facility every single day, no matter what. We just passed over 364,000 visits to the facility. Still no COVID outbreaks. Um, and we're just how would you do no, that? that was... I think that's a conspiracy. I think it's a conspiracy to keep people healthy. That's bullshit. <laughs> I'm really kind of mad. I mean, seriously, how do yeah, you do it's... it? And... With common sense, just oh, like we can fix all of it. our problems. You know, we uh, we, we allowed know. people to make their own choices and we allowed them to breathe fresh air. Um, and we allowed them to to be healthy and to uh, to not be morbidly obese. And, you know, even those who probably did come in contact with COVID at some point were unaffected by it because they were healthy people, you know, which is sound public policy, in my opinion. Yeah. I want to get into some of the more ingenious ways you talk about taking the doors off the hinges. I want to talk and talk about some of the ingenious ways that you guys push back. But before I do, I've got to mention um, a, a word from our sponsor. We're sponsored by IP Vanish. IP Vanish is a VPN, a virtual private network that helps you protect your right to privacy and stay anonymous online. IP Vanish helps you safely browse the internet without exposing your private details to third parties such as hackers, your ISP, or advertisers. You can use IP Vanish on your computers, tablets, phones, even devices like your Fire Stick when you're streaming media. When you use IP Vanish, all your data is encrypted. That means your private details, passwords, communications, browsing history, and more will be completely shielded from falling into the wrong hands. Even your physical location will be hidden. IP Vanish makes you virtually invisible online. It really is that simple. So here's how it works. IP Vanishing is IP Vanish VPN is offering an incredible 70% off their yearly plan to our listeners, along with a 30-day money-back guarantee. So not only do you get to get your money back if you don't like it in 30 days, but you get nine months free when you buy 12. That's insane. So head on over to IPVanish.com forward slash daily. And use promo code daily to claim your 70% savings. Again, that's IPVANISH.com forward slash daily and use promo code daily to claim your 70% off. Ian, you took the doors off the hinges. I remember that you guys took everyone out of the gym and you started working out in the parking lot. <laughs> yep. Talk about some, was... some of the other things you guys did to, to playfully push back against these ridiculous orders. Well, that was and, and, and good word choice there. You know, the, the idea was that Frank and I set out very early on. We, we knew that it was very highly likely that these people were not going to want to compromise, you know, but we put our public plan out there um, in the hopes that maybe they would, um, but more so to, to show people that we were willing to compromise and that we were the ones who were taking the common sense, insane approach and that the government and Phil Murphy and the health department, these are the people who were acting crazy. So, you know, we just started opening our doors, you know, and whatever came, we, we would handle, you know, on day one, we, we got some tickets and we said, okay, you know, thank you for the, thank you for the citations. And we're going to go back in and run the gym. And, you know, they came back the next day and every time they visited us, it would escalate, you know, on day two, they were arresting people um, and giving our, our member citations, you know, and collectively we all said, okay, thank you for the citations. You know, we're going to go back in the gym and work out. Um, and then when they put a health department shutdown, you know, they, they came in the middle of the night on the, the third day that we were open and they said, you know, they slapped a, a notice on the door that said you're closed because coronavirus. They never stepped foot inside of our facility. They never contacted us in any way. They never even looked at our safety protocol, which has proven to be superior 
um, in terms of what the government was able to produce, you know, and, and we just ignored it. So we said, okay, you know, obviously you're not taking it seriously because your job as a, um, as someone from the health department is to make sure that you're, you're actually, um, you know, coming in and inspecting places. And if you can't even take the time to do that, then why should we take the time to listen to you? Um, so we left it up there and we opened the gym. Um, you know, and it just continued to escalate. And that's when uh, they came and they locked our doors. You know, they, they physically changed the locks. So we said, okay, we'll pick the locks. Um, and, uh, you know, we'll go back inside. We picked the locks and we started taking the equipment outside because at that point we still thought that we might have some sanity left in the lower courts, you know, and, and we had a lawsuit already going. So we said, okay, well, while the lawsuit's going on, we're just going to drag 40,000 pounds worth of equipment out into the you know, onto the blacktop every day. We were taking squat racks out, dumbbells, barbells, uh, dumbbells all the way up to 200 pounds, plate-loaded machines. You name it, we brought it out there, and we were having no less than 300 people show up in the middle of June on the blacktop, sweating like pigs out there, just exercising and, and enjoying their freedom. And this was in the height of the, you know, of the of the COVID madness where they, you know, all of the, um, all of the things that have been massively disproven that, you know, it was six feet apart and, and, and surfaces could, could give you coronavirus. And, you know, this was at the height of mania for COVID. And, um, and then we said, you know what, screw this. We're going back inside. And uh, on 4th of July, we went back inside, thought Independence Day would be a good day to get arrested. Um, and we, we just went back to business. And that's when we kind of started to relax some of our procedure. You know, um, when we were finding out more and more about, you know, that COVID was not nearly as deadly or as transmissible um, or as uh, hard to mitigate as they led on to believe. And that's when they really started ratcheting it up. They started hitting us with a $15,000 a day fine. So we said, okay, well, we don't have any money to pay you. So just put it on our tab and we're going <laughs> to open the gym again. Um, and that fine just kept racking up and racking up and racking up. And then, you know, they came to lock the doors a second time. And that's when we got the idea that we were going to take the doors off the hinges because you can't lock our doors if there's no, <laughs> no, no doors. Um, and we opened our gym 24 hours a day, seven days a week. You know, we were, we were open for 47 days like that. Um, uh, Frank and I were here every single day. I was, this is actually my, my bedroom at one point. I had an air mattress in here. Um, and we just kept opening the gym, you know, and, and every time, they did something to us they would piss more people off because it was getting more and more ridiculous as it went on and nobody was getting sick uh people were happy people were healthy the amount of people that were coming was up in the 800s at that point we had people coming from five different states six different states on some days you know all the way from connecticut down to maryland and virginia were taking the drive up to new jersey to work out um and then you know then it just kept escalating that's when they they came and arrested us in the middle of the night and when we came back our doors were boarded up with this plywood barrier so frank and i said all right well we're gonna kick this shit in and we did you know we kicked it in we turned the lights on we turned the music back on we said the gym is open and the gym is going to stay open we don't know what we have to do to show you guys but we're going to keep doing it and we're going to keep opening the gym you know a couple days later they took one hundred seventy three thousand dollars from our bank account which was all donations because we were not charging at the point um, and we still haven't charged anybody in almost two years now. We suspended billing in, uh, in April 1st of 2020. So we're coming up on two years of no billing. Um, that was money that was designated for a legal fund, and they just took it anyway. And again, they pissed off another entire community of people. Every time they kept ratcheting up, the people who were pissed off got more pissed off. And then they then newer people got pissed off. You know, when they took that money from us, they pissed off the entire cryptocurrency community. 
um, you know, the cryptocurrency community got wind that, you know, government came in and just snatched our money. Um, and this is, this is what they hate. This is what, you know, the crypto community is yeah. about is about freeing, freeing yourself from, uh, from government control of money. And, uh, and they had a fundraiser for us. So the support just grew and grew and grew and grew. And, uh, the mission was simple. The gym opens every day, no matter what. Hmm. And it has been open every day since no matter what. Where did the toilet sabotage fall into this? Cause I remember reading that you guys came in and found that someone had shoved a bunch of, uh, paper towels into your toilet. And yeah. you don't have any paper yeah. towels in the bathroom. Sounds like yeah. someone was trying Seven. to flood it, maybe get you a health violation. Seven different times, actually, uh, it happened. It happened, first time it happened was on day three, where Governor Murphy was asked during a press conference, you know, when he would do his daily coronavirus briefing, um, he was asked, you know, what are you going to do about this gym in Belmar? And he said, well, we've sent the police in and it doesn't seem to matter. So I guess we're going to send the health department. And he smiles. This is on camera. Uh, and he smiles and kind of like chuckles. And three hours later, our toilets were backed up. Uh, there was sewage coming out of the drains in the floor. We had to shut the facility. You had to bring in professional cleaners to clean it. Um, and we found that it had been tampered with from the outside. So uh, somebody who had good knowledge of the layout, um, and this is a relatively old building. But what was interesting was our facility was the only one in this entire strip mall that was backed up. So somebody with some knowledge of, of the layout and, and some plumbing knowledge was able to clog our toilets from the outside using um, insane amounts of toilet paper, or not, excuse me, not toilet paper, um, paper towels. That happened a total of six times throughout the course of, I would say, the better part of a year, um, costing us upwards of $1,000 worth of damage every time. Hey, let me ask you, know, you a question. The, if you would have yeah. found out who it was that was doing that and you actually saw them, what, what, would, what, what would your people inside the gym have done to that? I mean, I, it was an anonymous person that would have done this thing. How do, how do you think that guy would have, um, think he would have walked away with both legs or maybe just a half a leg? You know, we, we have an incredible amount of people who are fiercely loyal to us um, and, <laughs> and who take what we've done very, very, yeah. very seriously. So yeah. I, don't, I don't think it would ever be a problem after that i can't speak to what would what would happen but I'm, I'm quite certain that um that it wouldn't happen again and i i think whoever was responsible for it was uh you know stopped doing it because of that reason because they they had done it so many times that eventually you're going to get caught and we had all these rules in place nobody was allowed to bring in backpacks uh into the locker rooms you know stuff had to be left there we had people watching uh who would literally come and put up a chair and spend, you know, at an hour, a half hour shift, you know, just sitting in front of the bathrooms, watching who would go in and who would go out and they would go in and they'd flush the toilets wow. afterwards. So eventually, I guess whoever was responsible, uh, got the point that the community would, um, would bring justice if. And, and look, <laughs> we, we've seen what happens when street justice becomes a thing, right? And we're, you know, yeah. th th this is a, and everyone says, oh, it's promotion of violence. No, it's not. No, it's not. People no. are really frustrated. I mean, th th you're taking 52 cents on every dollar from a family. That means you have less yeah. money to live on than the government takes from you to dole out to foreign interests. You talked about the hundreds of millions of dollars that goes to gender studies in India. I, I mean, I'm going to just say it, say it right now. I don't give a shit about India. Sorry, I don't. Not at all. I don't give a shit about what's happening in Ukraine. Sorry, I don't. Well, it affects us. No, all. it doesn't. It doesn't affect me. What, what affects the me only is reason me. it affects Here. us, the only the only reason that it affects us is because Joe Biden's policies have made it that it affects us. If America is energy independent and is yeah. self reliant 
and can power itself with from within, which it can, um, if government will step out of the way and start lifting regulations and start uh, opening up oil pipelines, we don't have to worry about the rest of the world. We have everything that we need here. That is the beauty of this great country is that we have everything that we need. Um, but our politicians set us up for failure by creating policy that makes us reliant. And, and we then have to care about what happens in Ukraine, even though we don't. So somebody just asked a question, said, you know, you have a gym in Belmar. Uh, do you have another one that you open near AC? Did you open another gym? Uh, no, that is so. There are six Attilus gyms altogether. We bought this one from the original owner because he okay. couldn't make it work. Um, so we are an independent facility, but we uh, we ha- we have the name Attilus Gym. We are not affiliated with them. They don't like us very much, actually. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, I don't. I don't. You know, I don't. They they were supposed to reopen with us, and they chickened out at the last minute. And I think the uh, the owner kind of. Um, regrets that decision and, and takes it out in the form of, of jealousy and, and anger and resentment towards us. Well, there's a lot of that jealousy and anger and resentment because I want to talk about this. We, we, we've found out, we found that everyone attacks everyone. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's, it's, it's the craziest thing I've ever seen in the world. And, and I've never seen anything like it, right? In the business world, you have competition. You have people that'll talk about you. They'll take stabs at you, but nothing like I've seen in the movement of freedom, nothing. It's unbelievable, actually. Yeah. People are like, oh, stay away from this person and stay away from this person. And this person says, you know, check into this person or they're connected to this. I mean, you connect the dots. And look, if, if you live in the same neighborhood as someone that committed a crime, it's like you're guilty. Ah, wait, you're living in the same neighborhood? Nope. You're yep. definitely friends with that guy. Right. So talk about that. I mean, yeah. it, it's been a maneuver for me because now I'm, I'm kind of like uh, persona non grata, it seems, from everyone. Everyone's like, ah, oh, just. Joe, you're, you're, you're with those guys. And those guys are like, oh, you're with those guys. And I'm like, get the hell out of here. I'm with the American people. That's it. That's how and I'm friends with both of you. Love both of you. Right. But how, how are you, how are you navigating that field? Cause I know it's big. It's big. Yeah. Yeah. You have been seeing quite a bit of that. It's like that, this infighting and you know, it's, um, I'm all for, I'm all for criticism when it's warranted. You know what I mean? I think, um, I think especially we should be criticizing our own politicians who claim to represent us. You know what I mean? I've been I've been very critical of, of quite a few Republicans. Um, it doesn't necessarily mean that I don't like them. Um, but, you know, as, if you're going to be involved in politics, then you need to you need to be ready to be criticized if you're not doing the right thing. Uh, however, you're seeing a lot of just kind of like uh, random criticism that that's like you were talking about where it's like, oh, well, you know, you you're affiliated with this person and you had this person on your show and you know, you, you worked with them on this project and, and they worked with somebody else on this project. And I don't like that guy. So therefore I don't like you. And it's, it, it's, 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 it doesn't lead anywhere. It's circular and it, 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 there's no, there's no productive aspect to that. You know, if we're going to, if we're going to criticize each other, especially within the same movement, we're talking about the, the pro Liberty pro America, um, pro freedom movement that has, I guess, become the conservative party in a way. Um, you know, we the, the right has become uh, de facto freedom party. You know, because the left is just so deranged at this point that there's there's nobody on that side who's even making any sense. Um, you know, so everybody in the middle and on the right is now in this sort of new right where you know it's this it's this pro freedom party, but. There's so much criticism that that doesn't really wa- that isn't really warranted. And um, my best 
way to deal with it is to completely ignore it. Um, the people who want to just talk are usually people who are just trying to drive their own audience up and kind of rile them up with emotion. These are not the people that are providing solutions. These are not the people that really have boots on the ground, that have skin in the game, that are putting their money where their mouth is, that are, are walking the walk. These are the, the quote unquote influencers uh, who, who really you know, don't do much except uh, post clickbait and sort of emotional stuff to, to grow their following for their own benefit. And that's not to say that you can't, uh, you can't earn money while you're, you know, you're being an activist and you're in politics. Um, but you've got to be doing something too. You know, there's a difference between the conservative influencer who sits at home all day posting videos and selling merch uh, compared to, to the, the people that are going to conferences and sharing really important information and giving talks and showing up at, at, at you know, at events um, and also selling merch to make sure that they can feed their family. And that line kind of gets blurred where, you know, it's just... It, it's best to just ignore it because they they're, they're like a dog chasing their tail. They're not providing any workable solutions. It's all empty criticism. Yeah, and and the, the, it's it's a good point because if you don't, I mean, I, I've gotten to the point where uh, yesterday I found out that I, I mean, the work that I did in the Middle East and Africa, that I was working with intelligence by a guy that said that I, he got that information from me, um, and I I so I had to send him a text message and I'm like, you're an effing liar. <laughs> why would you why would you lie right and no response no yeah. response which, which speaks for itself so I, I do call people out but i call them out privately typically although um i feel like going scorched earth every now and then just just so we're being honest every once in a while it's worth it but it's, i think it's usually <laughs> dealt, best dealt with privately, privately because when you get into these, these online pissing matches with people um you know it's hard to discern who's the idiot and who's not in that situation and when you're right. going bickering back and forth with an idiot you're bound to look like one too so i think that's a better approach obviously if if somebody's really kind of coming at you and it needs to be addressed publicly if there's uh some pretty heinous lies being told and stuff like that then yeah absolutely yeah so yeah so um we're i want to keep talking to you and you mentioned a lot of things about healthiness being healthy it's ridiculous that they've come after gyms and I want to get your opinion on that and the latest re uh, revelations coming out of, um, out of the CDC that they're withholding data deliberately. But before I do got to mention a couple of our sponsors, this podcast is sponsored by air med care network, air med care network, premier insurance plan to cover you and your household. Should any of you suffer a medical emergency, it's not something we think about. Um, but if God forbid something happens to you and you need to be airlifted, it's going to cost a lot of money to do so tens of thousands of dollars it can actually bankrupt you and your family in the process don't let this ruin your financial future sign up with air med care network here's how it works for 85 dollars, it covers you your wife and your spouse should any of you need uh, your children should any of you need to be airlifted for a medical emergency um and when you sign up using the link in our description airmedcarenetwork.com forward slash daily and then use promo code daily, you're going to get up to $50 back in the form of an e-gift card. Again, that's airmedcarenetwork.com forward slash daily, and use promo code daily to get up to $50 back. Joe, you want to mention our sponsor, Liberty Cigars? 
Oh, Liberty Scars. We keep putting this back-to-back stuff. Sorry, Ian. We, we literally have been inundated You're with good. Can you please, can you talk about us? Can you talk about us? So Liberty Cigar Company has assembled the first six presidents in one beautiful cigar collection. These great men guided our nation admirably from the very beginning in the period known as the early republic. Each cigar mirrors the personality of the one they honored. The set includes a George Washington, John Adams, Thomas Jefferson, James Madison, James Monroe, and John Quincy Adams Cigar. In honor, in honor of President's Day, the conservative daily audience will receive a 17.76% discount. That No correlation at all. The early Republic series, originally priced at $89, used the coupon code LIBERTY at libertycigars.com to save 17.76% off. And by the way, if you look at it, 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 best presentation, but the cigars themselves are absolutely on point. Ian, do you like cigars? I do. That's I'm a pretty se- neat I'm, set there. I'm going to send you some cigars. I'm going to send you some cigars. These are really uh, good cigars. I mean, I, I like cigars. I got my own little humidor. I, you know, I, there's two things that I like, cigars and bourbon. Not bad choices. No, not bad choices at all. Okay, so somebody Ian, had what a, do you, what do you, go ahead. Well, uh, Ian, what do you take from the fact that they went after you? Because this is something that I've been trying to wrap my head around this entire time. I still have yet to see a single press conference from the FDA or the CDC encouraging people to get out and exercise, encouraging people to live a healthier lifestyle, even though we know that that is a very easy way to minimize the likelihood of you having a serious reaction to COVID-19, getting out there, getting healthy. And yet they went after the gyms. They went after the places where people actually can get healthy. I, I, I can't imagine that it is by accident because under obama they were all about getting out and moving it was michelle obama's thing get out and move right all of a sudden under trump COVID 19 hits and noticeably silent what have you taken i know you probably thought about this a lot what do you take from the fact that they went after your gym and they haven't even promoted being healthy at all well the entire policy you know you i was taught a long time ago if something doesn't make sense um Think about why it would make sense and backtrack your way from there. Um, and and in terms of like keeping people healthy, the the policy that they created, you know, they, they shut down gyms, they shut down churches, which is a place to get you know spiritually and emotionally healthy for a lot of people. They shut down uh, all of our social settings, including like being outside. Um, all of these things are not only physically beneficial, but they're they're good for your your emotions. They're good for your spirituality. You know, health is a is a multifaceted uh, and very interconnected idea. You know, health is not just your weight. It's not just you know your thoughts and your stress level. It's all of it combined into one. And they they turned health into this one dimensional entity where everything started and ended with COVID. Um, and the reality is that public health is far more complex than that. And public health starts if you want to have a healthy public, you need to have a healthy individual. Um, you know, you need to promote things like good eating, like dieting, like exercise, like getting out uh, and, and getting plenty of sunlight and fresh air and keeping your stress levels low and socializing uh, and, and, and being spiritual and being connected to, to whatever, you know, um, brings you peace in your heart. And these, these are all things that they shut down, but they left liquor stores open. You know, uh, they, they, they left fast food open, but they closed restaurants uh, and they closed farmers markets, but you could go get a Big Mac uh, and a bottle of whiskey if you wanted. They were going to close weed. So, and weed. Yeah, and weed. Yeah, you know, and it's like, and I don't have anything wrong with any. Of, I don't. I don't have any. I don't have any uh, qualms with any of that. You know, um, 
But when you're talking about health, you, you've, you've shuttered everything that keeps people healthy and you've opened up and kept open the things that, that make us unhealthy. Challenger you know? health. Yeah. Um, yes. And, they were going to close. So, they were going to close the liquor stores too. Originally, that was the original plan to close the liquor stores and the backlash they received from New Jersey residents was so significant. Listen, I used to live in New Jersey. When you're in New Jersey, there is a time honored tradition of the hurricane party where whenever you're going to lock down, you're going to hide indoors. You run to the liquor store, you buy a couple cases of wine, right? A, a bottle of whiskey, some beer, and you hunker down. So when the lockdowns came, everyone was running to the liquor stores and they were about to close the liquor stores. I just, well, they actually, and they, they, they obviously they even left, they even left restaurants open to serve takeout alcohol. You know, so yeah. they they, they, they use the excuse too. like, oh, we, we we can't we can't close the liquor stores because then we might have a surge in, you know, in alcoholics, you know, detoxing at our hospitals. And it's like, I don't buy that because why did you leave restaurants open to sell like take out margaritas at Chili's? Yeah. Like that's how are you how are you telling me that's essential, but the gym's not uh, or that church yeah. is not. So, you know, looking at all this public policy and laying it out, the only conclusion that I can come to is that it was never about health. Uh, it was about deconstructing the individual and, and pushing everybody towards this idea of groupthink, where everybody is now reliant upon the government. Um, you're reliant upon the government for a paycheck because you're not allowed to go to work, and they've decimated small businesses throughout the country. Here in New Jersey, 30% of small businesses never reopened, and two-thirds of the ones that are open right now are talking about either scaling down or not being able to make it in the future. Um, so you've desecrated financial independence. You've desecrated people's ability to take care of themselves, you know, because they're stuck at home. They're isolated, which has been shown study after study after study that humans are not meant to be isolated. We're not meant to be sitting in front of a TV screen all day. We're meant to go out and socialize. We're social creatures. That's incredibly healthy for our minds and our bodies. Um, so all of these things, the only thing they did was make us less self-reliant and less less rugged of individuals. And that's what this country was founded on. It was founded on the idea that people w wanted to take their life into their own hands. People wanted to be free. You can't be free if you can't take care of yourself. And they, they decimated people's ability to take care and provide for themselves. And of course, what does government do when there's a problem that they've created? They usher in a solution. And that solution is, oh, well, we have stimulus money for you. Or, oh, we have a vaccine for you because your immune system is is not strong enough. You know, your your God given immune system um, that is absolutely perfectly designed um, and has gotten you through hundreds of thousands of years or thousands of years um, of, of of viruses and bacteria and outside threats. Your immune system has gotten us this far. I mean, I don't I don't know how people can't see that this is just part of life. That there are always going to be these viruses and bacteria and that what you do as a free man or a free woman is that you spend every day of your life making sure that you are self-reliant and the government just came in and kneecapped that ability for most people. And I think that that was truly by design. I think that they wanted people to fall to their knees so that, so that this new era of massive government where they've intruded into almost every aspect of their lives, they can come in like the heroes and say, don't worry, we have a vaccine. 
now we, you can have your freedom back and now you can go back to work and you know what you can make a little bit of money but don't worry we'll subsidize the rest we'll come in we'll give you free this and free that and free this but when you go to work you're also going to be working at a major corporation now um because no small businesses are left and you know what you know we're going to start cutting wages too and we're going to do that and it's it just it's a setup for failure for the individual and it's an automatic win for government big corporations will always play ball with big government you have this sort of corporateocracy now going on because the people who would stand up and say no to the government are small businesses are these ruggedly individual people and you've kneecapped all of them so it's just it's a method of control it was never about health it was always about shifting into this this great reset idea that they just they openly tout so so uh, we do have a question, Ian, that I want to, and that was a great answer, and that, that actually just aligns with, I think, how most people in this country feel. Even the people that work for corporate America that have stuff pressed upon them, they, they feel that there's this, this, this corporate alliance, which, by the way, is the, is the definition of, of fascism when they, these interests come together. Um, but, but, uh, and, and we're all kind of growing tired of it, and I, I'm going to ask a question that I have later, but this one is from... Um, someone that says Andy Kim, well, Andy Kim is obviously the Obama staffer that's running against you. He's your Democrat challenger. Um, what policies do you differ from Andy on and why? Uh, pretty much everyone. Andy Kim has voted <laughs> in line with Nancy Pelosi, um, which is a promise that he made. He said he wasn't going to vote just along party lines and that he was going to, you know, be an independent, moderate Democrat and that he was going to represent the people. Um, I mean, he's voted in line with Nancy Pelosi for every single thing uh, since he's been in office. So I would go as so far as to say almost everything. Uh, you might find some similarities. I know he's done a little bit of work uh, with veterans and stuff like that. We probably overlap in that, you know, in our support for the military. Although, you know, this is somebody who's pro-mandate and pro-vaccine. So I don't know if you can say that he's pro He's pro freedom, and he's he's not for the military because there's a you know our military is being forced into doing something that a lot of them don't want to do. Five hundred thousand um, or more. Five hundred thousand or more, you know, um, who either were coerced into taking it or are still actively fighting. You know, I was on a call last night with thirteen hundred Coast Guardmen um, and Coast Guard women who are who are holding out, and these these people like Andy Kim do not represent the common person. They don't represent Democrats and they certainly don't represent Republicans. They represent big corporate interests and the party line of the DNC, which is wildly out of control at this point. All right, let me ask you another question. This is, this is a loaded question and a question that, I mean, obviously none of us want to go this direction, but since I've been accused of inciting violence by trying to hold people accountable, I'm gonna ask you the question, how close are we to going to Kinetic? I mean, it, you know, we, we know I, hope I it, never, hope, it doesn't happen, but I mean, but let's be realistic. There's a lot of, there's a lot of pent up anger happening in this country and it's, it's getting closer and closer to a place where I don't think it's going to be very comfortable for people. No. And, and, and part of the reason that we've, we've been fighting so hard is to try and avoid that because that's the situation that nobody wants. Anybody who understands what violence is, doesn't want violence um, because there, there's really, there's no winners in a situation where, uh, where violence is prevalent. You know, there's even the most hardened soldiers don't want to have to see that because they know how ugly and how nasty and how dangerous it is. And your average person, unfortunately, I don't think understands that. Um, and, and people are so angry that they're not, they're no longer thinking clearly. There's so much no. pent up emotion and hypercharged 
topics that people are angry. And I don't even think many people know exactly why they're angry. They're just frustrated. Um, and that goes for people not only on the left, but also on the right. You know, we've seen a sharp increase in crime. We've seen a sharp increase in violent crime. Um, and it's accelerating at a pace that is truly alarming because eventually you're going to have the people who don't want to be violent, who are going to have to start defending themselves. And you're already seeing that more and more. You know, the cities like I was up in New York not too long ago. I drove in there and said, I don't even want to be in that city um, because I don't I don't feel safe. Uh, you know, and I'm, I'm not a small, you know, I'm not a small dude I'm, and, and I don't feel safe walking down the street because you're, you're watching videos of people just getting jumped um, with no recourse from law enforcement because law enforcement has been sort of uh, neutered at this point. You know, I, I think we're getting close and I, I, I really hope that people start realizing that and that's not the direction that we want to go. Um, and the direction is back towards the center together. Um, we need to start pulling Democrat voters and Republican voters back towards this moderate idea of a sensible, common sense based approach to politics and not this hyper left or hyper right at this point, because both are equally absurd um, and as unproductive. And it's well, going to lead to some sort of powder keg incident, um, whether that be organic or not, because, you know, the government loves that kind of stuff. Look at what they did with January 6th. They turned a bunch of flag waving patriots well they were they uh, were they, they were the ones doing it i mean it was it was the feds yes, doing exactly it. i mean it let's, let's be let, let's it, be perfectly clear the truth is the feds the fbi they were the ones that were violent the police they were the ones that were violent yes they, they, they killed well, that woman they beat a woman that was to, un, unconscious to death mm-hmm. right and look but look how easy that was for them to do you know that was that did not take a, a tremendous amount of effort on their part because you know, by way of the media, it's easy to paint any picture and how much violence has resulted because of that. How many people on the right have been attacked? How many people, you know, who are just honestly freedom loving patriots, people who love their country, who are now branded as criminals, who now have to watch their backs because people think that they are violent, you know, because of this, this false narrative that's been painted. And it's, it's a powder keg and it's, it's going to take some very, um, very calculated maneuvers to avoid it at this point. Well, I have, I mean, so you, as you go, as you go down that pathway and we, we talk about this, I want to talk about the rule number four in Saul, um, Alinsky's, uh, rules for radicals. And number four says, make the enemy live up to its own book of rules. Right. And so as we talk about the powder keg, we talk about people getting past that point, that line that they draw in the sand. They're being told by people, hey, listen, you have a line. That's your ethical line. Don't step over. And they shame anyone that gets close to that line. They create these false lines while they murder, while they, while they attack people, while they, while they basically play by a set of rules that are no rules. We're almost living in a place of lawlessness. So, yeah. Ian, my, my question is, how do you get past that? You get into Congress and you stand up, but you're surrounded by the village idiots that are in Congress that literally are taking money from all these grifts and then they start attacking you for not taking those. How do you really put your stamp? How do you put your, your foot in the ground when you go to Congress and say, look, we're going to do it differently. I mean, we've seen the, we've seen the deballing that has happened to people that have stood up even on, on January 6th, where they said, Hey, look, Biden is not the duly elected president. 
But, but how, do you, how do you make a stand? How, what kind of strategies do you think you're going to have to implement in order to make it effective when you get to Congress? Continue to unapologetically be who I am, um, for one. And that's, you know, that's something that's it's very hard to do when the whole world is watching you. And there are, you know, a ton of people pulling you in different directions. Um, and, and you're new to a situation, especially like being new in Congress, you're going to have tons of people in your ear who want to take you under their wing and you don't understand the situation yet. So it's about being very methodical, uh, being very skeptical of everybody around you, uh, even those in your own party, even those who appear very friendly. You know, you have to take a very skeptical approach because there are a lot of bad characters right now. Um, and I would say probably even more bad characters than there are good in our government. Um, so it's, it's, it's by no means is it going to be easy, but you know, it's a sacrifice that I'm willing to make. If I get chastised, if, you know, if, if I don't get reelected, if they run me through the ringer, whatever they can do, the reality is none of what they can do to you is worse than where we are heading. If people don't start stepping up, um, that's that's that was our that was our concept from the beginning at Attila's is that Frank and I, you know, we were sitting here when we were shut down for the for the initial couple of days and we were looking around and we were saying, even if we open and they, they, they do everything to us, you know, they find us, they all this, you know, they arrest us. It's not worse than losing everything, including our business and including our rights in our country. You know, that's that's a far worse option because. Granted, that may be a slow slide and it might not happen over the, you know, it might not happen for 20 years. But as a man, I can't allow that. I can't allow that for my family. I can't allow that for my, my descendants. Um, and, and I don't think any man should be okay with that. But you have to, you have to face the elephant in the room that these people have bad intentions. Um, at, at very, very best, they're extremely selfish. And at very, very worst, these are some of the most evil and vile people that we have ever seen. Um, in either situation, it's going to take sacrifice. There's going to be hits that you're going to have to take. Uh, and you're just going to have to learn to roll with the punches. And if that means you get demonetized, then you figure out a way. If that means you get fired from your job for standing up, then guess what? You got to figure out a way to feed your family. You can't, you can't give these people an inch because that's exactly how we've gotten here. We've given these people inches year over year over year over year, and eventually they've eroded what makes us American. So it's it's about drawing your line in the sand, not a line that, that that's arbitrary that somebody gives to you, but what are you allowing to accept um, from your government? What are you allowing to accept from uh, from anybody in, in, in any situation and defending that at all costs. And that means standing up and being prepared to take the hit. So when I go to Congress, I am more than happy uh, for them to take everything they have out on me because I will sh I'll show it to the world. And if that's, if, that's, if that's all I can accomplish in Congress and you know they somehow get me out in one term, I will show everybody what a nasty backwards place it is. And then these people are going to have to answer to the public who is now informed because the reality is that our public isn't really informed as to what these people actually do with their time. We see them stand in front of cameras and give little speeches and little blurbs on the news, you know, but we don't see the inside workings 
of of Washington politics or even state politics for that matter. And it's going to take people who are willing to go in there, shine a light on it and, and maybe get beat to hell in the process. But as long as people get to see it, you can educate the public. And the most powerful thing that a democracy can have is a well-educated public. Yeah. Almost out of time, Ian. How can people find you? How can people donate to support your congressional campaign? Because obviously June 7th, somewhere around in yeah. June, uh, June 7th, 2022, that is the um, primary date in New Jersey. How can people find you and donate to your campaign? So Ian Smith for Congress is the website that's spelled all the way out. No numbers in there. Ian Smith for Congress. Ian is spelled I-A-N. That has our landing site. We're, uh, we're developing the, the full build out. Actually, this week, we'll have a volunteer sign-up sheet. There's a spot to donate. Donations are greatly appreciated. That's kind of where we're at right now. We're just fundraising and making sure that we can uh, launch this grassroots campaign. You know, Andy Kim has about $4 million in his war chest and is already fundraising. Um, and Bob Healy, who is my opponent, has a lot of family wealth. So we're up against a lot of money. But the reality is, is that we don't need even close to what they have. We just need enough to launch this grassroots campaign and we're already well on our way and we're very appreciative for that. Um, so you can find all of our information there and on social media, I'm always active. That's Ian Smith Fitness. That's on Instagram, Twitter, Truth Social, you name it. It's all the same username. Um, just follow along and share. Information is our most powerful weapon. So just sharing our story, sharing our ideas, sharing our posts is incredibly powerful. And if you can donate, we greatly appreciate that as well. Ian, Ian Smith. thank you so much. Hey, go ahead, Joe. Thank uh, you very Ian, much, guys. Ian Smith, ladies and gentlemen. Ian, I'll call you after the show. I got some stuff I want to discuss with you. but uh, And Sounds we'll good. definitely support you as well. But God bless you. We'll be praying for you. And uh, just give them hell, man. Give them hell. Thank you very much, guys. Have a great day. Thanks, Ian. So... You know, I, uh, I've been watching the comments as we walk through this, and it's funny. Uh, I get the same attacks that Ian gets. Oh, he's, he's not conservative enough. He, you know, I was told to watch out for him by this person or that person. Um, it's one of the reasons why I'm not very pos popular with anyone. You know, back in the day, Max, I used to always say, somebody would ask me, they go, why are you hanging out with the, the guy that's the, that runs the NAACP? And I go, he's my friend. Well, he's the NAACP. He's the demon. And I said, well, if, if the only people you talk to are the people that are in your circle, if the only people that you influence are the people that feel the same way you do, then we, you literally are living on an island. And you don't find any opportunity to fix any of the things that are happening in our society. And so he, I've been able to change his perception on many things, and he's been able to affect me in other ways where I look at things from different perspectives. I would not say that he's, he's been able to move me off of being pro-life, but I have moved him off of being pro-choice. Now, now think about that. Pro-death. You know, pro, well, pro-death. Uh, pro Fine, pro-death. Call it pro-death. But I've moved him off of that by giving him information. And this is a guy that I thought was very, very intelligent, um, holds, I don't know, a handful of degrees. Um, but one of the things that, that we talk about quite often is, well, you know that Margaret Sanger set it up so they can kill minorities, and more minorities have died than have been born since... Um, since the Roe versus Wade was passed. And he's like, that's not true. And I was like, all right, well, let me show you. So I sat there and walked through it with him. He goes, this is unbelievable. I go, yeah, but they're bringing people in from overseas, bringing people in from south of the border. They're bringing people in here while they're killing your own. And he goes, that is a fascinating way to look at it. 
Let me do some research on it. Comes back to me later and says, they are killing minorities. I said, yeah, but it's a right. So you should stand on the fact that it's a right because they have the right to kill you and you have the right to kill your own. So they can bring people in from other countries because God forbid you actually become educated and become a, a, a larger part of society here. And then three weeks ago, I had another conversation with him and I sat down with him and I go, hey, so how do you feel about Planned Parenthood? He goes, I hate Planned Parenthood. He goes, and I've been trying to change people's minds on what Planned Parenthood is. And this is a guy that's been a part of the NAACP for decades. For decades. And yet he never, ever, ever scratched below the surface and gotten to the root of what was, what was affecting people in his community. He didn't realize that women that had an abortion are less likely to have a strong, fulfilling relationship and get married. He didn't realize that. But if you look at the statistics and you look at the, the research, the research shows that one of the reasons why you have a breakdown of family structure in the minority environment is because of the high rate of abortion that exists in that environment. That's not my statistic. That's, that's, that, that's truth. That's reality. And so as we start walking down this path and people say, Joe, you can't talk to this person, you can't talk to that person, I'll call out certain people. I'll call out certain people. But I'll also hang out with people that you might think are people that I should not talk to. And I'm not Jesus. I can't say that I would not be adversely affected by hanging out with someone who is a bad person on a long period of time. But who we call bad and who we call good, I think, is subject to your experiences with that person, not what someone else says. Otherwise, we fall into the same trap of what the radical media has done in destroying the reputations of very, very, very good people. And that does not mean that Mike Pence is a good person because I don't believe he is. I believe that he is a wolf in sheep's clothing. And there are many within the rhino establishment that I feel that same way about. So as we start looking at whether or not you believe that Ian is good or bad, make your own determinations. Don't let people make them for you. Otherwise, you become as weak as the left is. You become, you become the person that follows and does not lead or given the opportunity to figure out whether the Pied Piper is trying to walk you off a cliff. Be careful who you follow and be careful of what advice you take from the people you do follow. Because if not, you will find yourself very lonely in a room with just a few friends and the rest of the world will start to make no sense. That's all I got, Max. Yeah. Well, we do have to mention this podcast also sponsored by Enerforce. Enerforce is a great Patriot-run company, and we've partnered with them to launch the Free Our People t-shirt. So you can check it out there if we can put it up on the screen. Enerforce.com, E-N-R-F-O-R-C-E.com. They have excellent apparel, um, t-shirts, sweatshirts, all different things, knives, lighters, wallets, mystery boxes. Check them out. And here's the deal. For every $1 that you spend at enerforce.com, E-N-R-F-O-R-C-E.com, you're going to get five entries to win that Ford F-450 with the Gooseneck Trailer, Can-Am Maverick, and $20,000 in cold hard cash. But as a bonus, when you use promo code CD21, Charlie Delta 2-1, you're going to get an extra thousand bonus entries. So no brainer. Or you can use promo code CD10 for 10% off. But personally, I want I if I could win, I'd want that rig. So I'd opt for the bonus entries. So head on over to enterforce.com. Check out the free our people t-shirt, which uh, proceeds from that will go towards helping the January 6th prisoners with their legal defense and getting family members out to see them because many of them haven't seen their families in a long time. Head on over to enterforce.com, E-N-R-F-O-R-C-E.com and check it out. Full disclosure, no purchase or payment is necessary to enter a win, and making a purchase or payment will not increase your likelihood of winning. 
So I want to say this because, Max, we're going to talk about this afterwards, but I've been getting an amazing amount of people that have come back to say, Joe, can you, including some people that are in the, the uh, influencer area that says, there's a lot of people that want to listen to you, that go back to your website and listen to you afterwards, but they want to be able to listen to you live. And Steve Bannon goes live and during your 9 o'clock uh, hour. So can you move it to 10 o'clock? So we'll be talking about that. We'll be having conversations about whether or not we can move it to 10 o'clock so that more people can join us on the live version. Um, it's not my intention to take anything away from what Steve Bannon is doing. I believe the guy is absolutely a saint. Um, so we're going to do some investigating on you know what it really means, like what what it means to have, um, you know, what what it means to to to, you know, yeah, okay. I just totally lost That's my train of thought. Somebody <laughs> sent me a, yeah. a text message yeah. saying, "Joe, um, Joe, yeah, yeah." I lost, I lost your train of thought too, but that's okay. Wow. Um, all right. Ultimately, ultimately, so we want to have shows. Ultimately, <laughs> I can't believe I saw this comment. I was like, long. where the hell did that comment come from? What's yeah. that? Go ahead. Ultimately, we want to have shows all day long, all different times of day. Yeah. It's going to take time growing into that. Um, it might make sense. Um, so eventually, we're going to have shows in every time slot. So we're going to conflict with people. But yeah, that's something we are actively looking at changing time slots. Um, whether it be changing one time slot, moving both of the shows together. Um, that's something we are definitely investigating. So stay tuned for that. We're out of time now. Yeah, so we, we may actually do that, right? I mean, the, the, the putting a two hours together for me is very, very difficult. But um, there, there might be a way that we can move this to from 9 o'clock to 10 o'clock, which is noon. It's lunchtime. Might be a really good time for people to be able to break away for lunch um, as well on the East Coast. So that's all we have. We are out of time. So I'm going to bring us out. Max, I got to tell you about this comment that was just sent to me. I'll tell you off offline. It's uh, interesting. Um, so if you like a podcast, please subscribe to us on Rumble at Conservative Daily. Follow Conservative Daily on Telegram. You can also follow Max at on Telegram at Max J. McGuire. You can follow me at Joe Oltman. Listen, we are going to be moving over to Truth Social. Um, I'm now in, so I can actually build the build the platform now. Um, oh, I'm high. I'm high on that wait list. I'm Hunter Biden high. So, man, I'm Hunter Biden in a bathtub, passed out with a crack pipe in my mouth. That's how high up yeah. on that waiting list I am. Yeah. So we, we're we're going to be uh, yeah uh, we're going to be moving over to True Social. I'm going to probably disconnect some of the other campaigns. We're going to ask people to get away from Facebook, but you can find us live at conservative-daily.com, Rumble, DLive, Twitch, Flank, Frank Speech, and CloudHub. We're going to be adding some more to that as well. Um, you can say that you're diluting it, and I would tell you, look, if we can reach anyone on any platform they are, we want to reach them where they want to be reached. You can find us on the audio version at Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, uh, TuneIn, Podbean, iHeartRadio, Pandora, and Audible. Please subscribe and give us a five-star review. Uh, share this episode with someone that needs to hear it. It was good to have Ian on today. It's really great to have on. If you need a reminder, when we go live, you can text the word FREEDOM to 89517 to sign up for our text alerts. Use the link in our description as well to subscribe to our newsletter so you can get a fax blast and you don't miss any of the important projects we're working on. That's it for this episode of Conservative Daily Podcast. My name is Joe Oltman. My name is Max McGuire. Remember the fight to take back the country. Not over yet, but the only way we win is if we all stand up and fight together. <laughs>